Now is the time to accelerate innovation. T-Mobile for Business is powering Formula One Las Vegas Grand Prix operations and epic fan experiences with secure, reliable 5G connectivity. Because an event this big and this fast deserves a network that can set the pace. See what our 5G advanced network solutions can do for your business at T-Mobile.com slash now. View 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. This is Tracy V. Wilson from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a Corolla built just for you. Check out more national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Managing your diabetes just got easier. The powerful new Dexcom G7 lets you see your glucose numbers on your compatible watch and phone without finger sticks. And because Dexcom G7 is the most accurate CGM system, you can be confident in your food, exercise, and medication decisions. And all those decisions can lead to big results, like more time in range and lower A1C. Get started at Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com. Compatibility. Good protection again. Launch downfield. Watkins wide open. Touchdown. Hurts keeps around the edge and bends it back down. Fighting for the end zone. What a run. Touchdown, Philadelphia. Second of the night for Hurts. Blitz. Cousins to the end zone and intercepted. What a night for Darius Slay. He's got his second, and the Eagles have their third of the night. Sometimes that highlight package captures the entire game so well, and that one did it 24-7. The Eagles get it done on Monday Night Football, the nightcap of the doubleheader. I am Greg Rosenthal. I'm alongside Arif Hassan of the Pro Football Network. He's covered the Vikings for The Athletic for a while now. And Arif, welcome to the show. And I say that that highlight package captured the game so beautifully because it included a Kirk Cousins interception after not handling the blitz. It included Jalen Hurts making an absolutely sensational running play. And uh, if you listened like really hard, you could almost hear Troy Aikman disdainfully sighing in the background of the interception. And to me, those were the big stories of tonight's game. It was really not that competitive. I, I was I was stunned by that. Uh, were you stunned, uh, especially by the e- the Vikings defense's uh, inability in the first half to even put up a fight? Yeah, it was. I mean, uh, you know, I, I figured that the Vikings defense was kind of overrepresenting themselves against the Packers first because Packers week one, I think we're just going to make a thing of that now. Uh, but but two, <laughs> um, I, I think that, you know, going up against a team without its top receiver that was already depleted at receiver and without 
you know, it's two uh, tackles, you know, that allowed the Vikings defense probably to, to get a better reputation than it deserved. We saw that against the Eagles who, you know, put out a really good offensive line, had a great receiver and it just really all fell apart for the Vikings. They didn't really have a way of dealing with that. Yeah. You look at the final score and it's only 24 to seven. You think, okay, they didn't do that bad, but the Eagles definitely took their foot off the gas in the second half. They still ended up with 25 first downs and 486 yards. I mean, Jalen Hurts, I believe might have had three more than 300 total yards in the first half alone. So I was getting flashbacks to the Michael Vick six touchdown game in Washington <laughs> on Monday night football, because that's what this offense reminds me of at its peak. And we've only seen two weeks so far, but Jalen Hurts is, is a special runner, a, a reef, and he got it done throwing the ball tonight, 26 of 31 for 333, uh, and a touchdown also had an interception. And we, and we can get into that, but I, I do want to start with the running because I do think that's where their offense starts. And the run he had on the goal line where he puts his foot into the ground. Incredible. I mean, he, he runs like a running back, and then he also gets around the defender that's right in front of him, and then he runs over another. Then the other touchdown where any other quarterback in the league, I think, other than maybe Josh Allen or prime Cam Newton, goes out of bounds there. But those are the only guys yes. that are considering going for the end zone there and actually get it and reach for it. Jalen Hurts, like to me that he didn't need like a coming out party, but this felt a little (laughs) bit like a coming out party. Yeah, actually, um, you brought you brought Michael Vick and Cam Newton, and I wanted to bring that up because it's like, well, you know, if you're an Eagles fan, you've watched you know some running quarterbacks. There's been a fair few. The most you know recent electrifying one is Michael Vick, but he reminds me more of Cam Newton, the way that he can just power through a lot of these runs. I mean, like, yeah, he's, you know, he's fast, right. You know, he's agile, you know, that's all good. Um, But his ability to just kind of create, you know, seven, eight additional yards where there were none that really reminds me of like 2015, Mm. 2014 Cam Newton. That, That was really incredible. And it's nice, you know, to have that in your arsenal. I think that a lot of people don't understand like, why would you go in, in shotgun at the goal line? Well, it's just so you can run the read option with one of the best running quarterbacks in the NFL. Right. There are so few quarterbacks. I feel like that could actually play running back if they really had to almost none and my my list would be two in today's current nfl would be josh allen if you had to i think could do it and i think hertz would be even better and and i've thought he's somehow underrated as a a rusher i thought lamar was like this going into his second year that the the advantage that hertz brings you because to me he, he is a special runner because of the vision because of the power and that sets up the passing game yeah miles sanders goes 17 for 80 he's been looking good this year uh but it set up a passing game tonight uh arif where goddard goes five for 82 Devontae smith seven for 80 aj brown five for 69 Quez Watkins has that big play and goes two for 69. So four receivers go over uh, 65 yards. And kind of what did you see uh, out of the Vikings? And then what did you see out of the Eagles passing game that that really made it feel like it was kind of easy pickings and, and Hertz really could have whoever he wanted throughout the night? Yeah, I mean, I'll cop to this. I thought that, you know, before he transferred to Oklahoma, that Jalen Hurts' best position in the NFL was running back. I thought, you know, he should have just been a running back. But, you know, I guess guess Lincoln Riley did something correctly there and was able to turn Guys into... get better. That's the thing. Yeah. I, you know, yeah, it's like it, yeah. we really underrated a lot. Guys get pro coaching and they're doing it as their profession in the age. They get better. 
Yeah, right. Absolutely. And and one of the things that, you know, makes him, he was always good at this, both at Alabama and Oklahoma, was his ability particularly to, you know, pick apart zones. And the thing is, mm. when you're up against a running quarterback, a lot of teams like to play a little bit more zone than they're used to, so they can always have their eyes on the quarterback and converge. And if you've got a quarterback that's really good at picking apart those zones uh, and, and can throw the ball, which, you know, Hurts seems to be able to do through these two weeks, you know, that that's tough. You know, the, the issue is that the Vikings – um, you know, they, they typically play like a match zone, which allows them to play a little bit of man coverage. Uh, and, you know, I'll have to watch the tape back again, but it sounded like they, it looked like they were playing a little bit more of a standard uh, landmark or drop back zone where they, where they go to their spots and they put their eyes on the quarterback. And that gives you a lot less flexibility. It puts, you know, your players in positions where you can just find the seams in those zones and pick them apart. And that's exactly what the Eagles receivers were trained to do. That's exactly where Hertz put his eyes. Um, you know, he was probably not always going to his first read. He was going to a second or third read. And, and they, and he knew based off of, you know, the coverage that he was looking at where those zones might be. And so the Vikings are, are very much a defense that relies on disguise. And if you, if you have fewer tools available, Did they to though? like Troy, Troy Aikman was getting upset later in the game. Uh, well, they, they normally they are. What I'm saying here, is, right? Yeah. yeah, what I'm saying here is that they didn't, and I think part of that was because they they wanted to get all of their players to have their eyes on the quarterback, and so you don't have the ability to have these weird rules and match zone where you know somebody picks up somebody else, you know, you pick up the three while I pick up the two or something like that. Um, you know, they were having the safeties play, you know, a normal two deep, and and they and they varied the back end a little bit more than I think Troy Aikman was saying, but you know, for the most part. It, it was pretty easy to identify the defense for a modern NFL quarterback. Right, and Troy, Troy gets frustrated when the game starts getting bad. We'll get to his frustrations with, with Kirk Cousins in a second, <laughs> but I, I do want to just stick with the Eagles uh, for just a little more. When they are dropping back, and you mentioned and, and how you explain that with the zone coverage makes a lot of sense. When Jalen Hurts is getting rid of the ball to a Devontae Smith on a third and five on those kind of easy out routes where he has a very simple read. Um, not that he can't go to a second read because he has so much time when he needs it. The offensive line was giving him time to go through yes, his reads. But absolutely. for the most part on the third and short types of plays, it was easy pickings and he didn't have to go to his second reads uh, because the easy stuff was right there. And, and that's what I'm talking about when it comes to the running game, opening up the rest of their offense, all those changes, the, the Vikings lack of disguise is because of their afraid of Jalen hurts, uh, mm -hmm. the runner. And if he can hit, those relatively simple short area throws and he's done it through two weeks to me this should be one of the best offenses in the nfl yeah it, it certainly has that capability i mean they've got a great cadre of running backs they've got you know a top three if not top one offensive line they've got a quarterback that can really that really knows how to you know do some damage and you know those top two receivers are great you know i It'd be nice to see Quez Watkins do this again and again and again throughout the weeks. We'll see if he's got that. They love him, by the way. He is he is those typical guys. And I tell me who's the guy in the Vikings. Maybe it's KJ Osborne. Maybe it's someone playing a different position. But he's Quez Watkins is the ultimate. Like, oh, the guys in the building love him. They all think like he's going to have a much better <laughs> career than everyone outside of the building loves him. That's what they seem to think about Quez Watkins. Actually, Osborne is a, is a pretty good example of that. <laughs> right. I mean, the, people won't stop talking about about him and how you know how smart he is. He's like one of the smartest receivers in the room, and how much he loves to block. How much he just like gets in there and bl you know all of the normal stuff that you say about a receiver that everybody loves, right? He he's got basically checks every one of those boxes. So yeah, that's great when that's your third or fourth option, which is what Watkins is in the passing game. Watkins is 
you know, their fourth option, really, uh, behind Goddard and, and maybe even uh, a, a running back that they get to. So, yeah, they are rolling offensively. It's going to get harder at some point. Mm-hmm. Uh, this game could have been much harder uh, if if the defense of the Eagles wasn't as dominant as it was. We saw Jonathan Gannon, who got a lot of grief for not blitzing and playing very vanilla a year ago, uh Blitzed the hell out of Kirk Cousins. You know, he blitzed a lot last week, too, against Jared Goff, and it did not work that well for the most part. Uh, But he did it tonight. What did you see out of Kirk? And uh, are you excited? Because you're you're going off the Vikings beat. You're going to the national beat. Are you excited uh, to, like, not have to answer for Kirk Cousins' Monday night football performances anymore? Because it's not your fault, Arif. <laughs> I appreciate that you put that out there because sometimes it feels like it is. I know. I mean, I I just know covering it. They're just like, why why are why is he doing this to us again on Monday Night Football? Like, it is kind of a bummer. I mean, yeah. Well, and 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 here's the thing: it gets really tiring. Like, I kind of wanted the Vikings to move on from Kirk, not just because it might be the the best move for the franchise, which you know probably right. But also, because you're tired personally. Just... I'm tired. Yeah, I've, I've covered this guy forever and nothing changes. <laughs> it's, it's just, um, but no, I mean, uh, Gannon, I, he's, he's somebody that I think has a lot to answer for because that the Eagles defense was, has been full of excellent players. And it feels like they've never been able to turn all those excellent players into a, a good defense, right? And last week against the Lions, we kind of saw that a little bit, right? You know, and, and they gave up, what, 35 points or something like that? That that felt, you know, like you, you could do a lot more given the pieces that you have available to you. And then you end up asking questions that are not fair. Like, is, you know, is Darius Slay cooked? Is he done? And it turns out, no, that's not the case. Five, <laughs> five pass deflections. That's like a season for some players uh, in a co- oh, along with yeah, this couple absolutely. interceptions there. Yeah, and 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 some of those past deflections could have been. He had so many opportunities that he had like enough drops, and no one's going to say he had a bad day or that's the one he should have gotten. Like if you're having a day where you drop like two picks and no one <laughs> even remembers that. But what's right? what's the deal with Kurt? Because he started this game slow. They went three and out. I think four of their first five drives, he he kind of forced it to Irv Smith a couple times in that spot, but it didn't feel like a disaster. But you've watched them a lot. Like when it starts going bad, it, it does seem to snowball, and th- this was one of those games. Yeah, I mean, like you mentioned, uh, Gannon blitzed a lot. I think Kirk Cousins was blitzed forty nine percent, just under fifty percent of his dropbacks tonight. Like that is why that's so it might have been more than anybody else in in week two like that's, that's wild that's disrespectful frankly <laughs> it really is it's it like, really is. we don't I, respect I can't think you of an elite, i can't think of an elite quarterback where you feel comfortable blitzing half of the i mean backs. lamar against the dolphins last year and that started a, a trend uh but that did that that was a blip in his career it, yeah. this this i think he was two at one point he was two for ten for ten yards against the blitz with a couple picks Oof. yeah um that yeah, I think that graphic showed up on the screen, and I was like, "That's probably what I'm going to end up writing about tonight." Is is Kirk Cousins against the Blitz? So, oh, you yeah, still I mean, have to write tonight after this. <laughs> I've got, I've got, I've got one last piece lined up before I head out to national. I, apo- yeah. I apologize then, because uh, oh, yeah. don't worry, I've got another podcast after this anyway. I'm, <laughs> I've put myself through this. This is. All on me. It, it is kind of torture being a, a Vikings <laughs> fan. I can imagine at times it's be a torture being a Vikings uh, journalist or a, you know someone that covers the team. Cousins led this uh, team in rushing with 20 yards. Jalen Rager was second uh, with 17 yeah. yards. By, 17 on the one. Yeah. By the way, Eagles fans, uh, can we ease it on the the Rager 
uh, booing? Like, was that necessary? Did we need you booing Jalen Rager in Philadelphia? Like, what did this man do for you? It felt like dunking on, like, you're winning the game. You got rid of him. You got a pick for him. You should be happy about that. He didn't draft himself over Justin Jefferson. You drafted him <laughs> over Justin Jefferson. Like, you, that's an unnecessary booing. I, I kind of, like, the first one when he caught, like, that that punt for, like, the one-yard return. Like, I get it. It's like a welcome back to Philadelphia. So, But, like, the, the in the fourth quarter when he the caught The whole game. Of, this isn't... <laughs> This isn't Kyrie Irving returning to Boston or even Russell Wilson, who, you know, who's you know been a great player returning. To this is Jalen Rager, who was like your fifth receiver. It just, it just felt untoward. Oh, yeah. it, this I, mean, is for, I would be fine with it if Eagles fans didn't complain forever that everyone brings up the Santa Claus uh, battery throws. Like, this is why right, people bring then, it up. But then, yeah, yeah, then this. Well, it's just like uh, after, um, and of course, I'm filtered through covering the Vikings, but after like 38 and 7 at the NFC Championship game, they're throwing like beer cans at Vikings fans leaving the game. It's just like, I don't like, okay, the Santa thing was like 30 years ago, but that was yesterday. Like, <laughs> just like, <laughs> just relax. Right. But, but they... here's the thing like, I would, I would understand it, right? Because Jalen Rager had a fairly combative relationship with fans. Or like, I get that. And that, you know, you, there might be some push and pull there. But, after the year that he's had, starting, I think, with his grandmother dying in January mm. and then his best friend dying in May and then him having the camp of his life, apparently, you know, he he did excellently from, you know, I, I talked to multiple Eagles reporters about this because, you know, traded to the Vikings, I want to know. And he had an amazing camp and he was, uh, you know, a completely different person. He was respectful. He didn't want to engage with it. It's just like you got to give people a chance to change. <laughs> Right? Eagles fans are coming at me being like, oh, he was combat. Yeah, something like that, that he came after the Eagles fans. We don't like that. That's fine. And Eagles fans piped down. I was the only NFL media analyst to pick the Eagles to win the Super Bowl this year. So I'm on with That's the right. Eagles. Just be happy. It's like when you're winning – just just be happy. You don't need to boo Oh, yeah, that's, everyone. that's another thing. When you're like a division favorite, you're winning. People are like, did you see that Hertz's odds towards MVP bump from like 14 to 1 to 8 to 1 at halftime? <laughs> like, 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 just you, you, you've got a lot going for you. Relax. Yeah, that might be even a little over, uh, over the MVP odds skis, even for me. And I, I am, <laughs> I am truly expecting Jalen Hurts to have one of you're the. You're the Jalen Hurts guy. So actually, right. before I got onto this pod, someone DM me is like, hey, you got to be careful. Rosenthal is like this huge Jalen Hurts guy. You've got to you've got to watch out. And I was like, okay. I am. I spent this off season saying like, no matter what you think of Hurts, like this season's gonna look better than you think. He might have some warts to his game, uh, but it's not gonna totally show up this year. He is in the perfect situation, and I'm I'm excited to watch this team all year. I'm excited to watch the Vikings too. I think they'll be better than this. Jefferson mm -hmm. held to 48 yards on on 12 targets. Cousins had 11 pass deflections in this game, which is just outrageous how many times wow. the Eagles uh, touched uh, his passes. I just think it was one of those nights, and it's week two. So everyone calm yeah. down a little bit on both sides. Uh, Arif, uh, you don't have to calm down. You need to rev it up. You need to go do another <laughs> podcast and then go write an, an article. And then uh, you're starting where, where? At the Pro Football Network next week? Yeah. You can't be yeah. taking uh, a week actually, off in the middle of the season, are you? Oh, no, I don't, I don't have that kind of time. I'm starting Wednesday. Okay. Um, <laughs> everyone check out Arif. Uh, really smart analysis. Uh, in everything that he does, I, I love reading him, and he's got one of the fullest beards <laughs> and the shiniest domes in terms of like full beard to shiny dome ratio. He might lead the NFL. He might be the MVP of the league. Doing my best. Just 
work every day on it. <laughs> Arif, thank you. Uh, I'll let you go. And uh, we are going to get to the Titans and the Bills game. I wish it was a better game, but it was worse. Fourth down and one. Big Tomas. Allen wants to throw across his body. It's caught. Stephon Diggs for the touchdown. The easiest touchdown catch he'll ever make. Here's Allen on second and ten. Stepping up into the logo and throw. He's got Diggs wide open. It's caught. Touchdown. 46-yard strike. Josh Allen to Stephon Diggs. Tannehill empties the backfield on second and 13. Has some pressure. Throws. It's intercepted. Bills tonight. It's gonna might be all Bills all season. We'll see. But that were the those were the highlights from a 41 to 7 beatdown of the Tennessee Titans. Justin Graver. This was a game for most of the first half. It was 10 to 7 late in the second quarter. And then the roof just like collapsed on the Titans like a like a table being broken outside of uh, the <laughs> Bills Stadium at Orchard Park by the end Malik Willis is playing yep. um everything w- that could go wrong was going wrong and it didn't feel like one of those 41 sevens where the seven got a ton of bad luck I know the turnovers were four nothing here but it was a beat down Uh, On both lines, very much like the Bills game against the Rams. They just seem to be in a different class right now uh, than than other NFL teams. Yeah, I think uh, my initial overreaction to this game is the Bills are winning the Super Bowl. They look like the best team in football, but also That is an overreaction. The first two weeks of the year ultimately don't matter that much. Yes, but the Titans, I mean, this game had, I felt like this game had a couple inflection points where if things had gone slightly differently, the entire course of the game flow is different. And one of them was the first play uh, that we heard there, the fourth down, fourth and one from like, I think it was the two-yard line. The Bills have the ball, the fourth and one from the Tennessee four-yard line. If the Titans get a stop on that fourth down, they take over 10-7 with a minute to play in the first half, losing 10-7. I, I hear what you're saying, and I uh, respect you, and I respect your points. Uh, but they already had stopped them on a fourth down play in that half. And what I mean by, like, it wasn't a cheap 41-7, to it was 414 yards oh. to 187. And even at that point I in agree. the first half, they were doubling – them up and and I think that's what has to be disconcerting for the Titans and, and Bills fans will get to how great the Bills are in a second. It all ties together. But I think what has to be disconcerting for the Titans is you want to think of them as a really tough team. And uh, you watch this game closer than I did. I was doing Channel 5 UK coverage once. It was about mid to late second quarter of this game. Would you say that the Titans' line play held up against Buffalo on both sides? Because if the Bills are managing to push around the Titans, that, that is a bad sign. I think the Bills did push around the Titans on both sides of the ball. The, Taylor Lewan went down with what looked like a pretty serious injury. They had to bring the cart out for him uh, really early in the game on the first drive for the Titans. They did end up going down and scoring on that drive, that 75-yard drive. That was 75 of their 187 yards in the to- in the whole game, though. So they, they made a good—like, that was it. From there, the offense was completely— 
useless. They couldn't do any. They could not move the ball. Derrick Henry finished this game with uh, 13 carries for 25 yards, and he did get in the end zone early on the first drive, but every time it felt like the Titans, like, it's now or never Titans, you have to score on this drive to make a play or something, they would stall out. At the end of the first half, Ryan Tannehill got sacked with just under 40 seconds left at the Tennessee 29-yard line, and the Titans decided to just let the first half clock run out. They could have tried to move the ball and get points, but moving the ball was just not happening against this Bills defense. And that's it, that's a joke, though. That's like yeah. I hate that. I, I hate it too. It's the opposite of what Dan Campbell did for the Lions on Sunday. It's the opposite of what Nick Sirianni did tonight when he had the ball inside his own ten and uh, under ninety seconds to go and really played aggressively once they had the chance and they got point. And I know the Titans aren't there yet. They're like not ready for that, but that that is telling to me. And but it's- they have to be. They have a veteran quarterback. They have continuity across the staff and the offense. But they don't have continuity on the offensive line. They don't have continuity no. with their skill the position players. The receivers, five of they, Tannehill's they top six They have a long way to go, and, and, w- and we're going to talk about how dominant the Bills are now because defensively, that's where I think you would expect the Titans to at least get some some metaphorical punches in. And I suppose they did, keeping it to 10-7 late into the second quarter. At that point, I was like, ooh, this is a Titans game. It doesn't feel even, but they're keeping it close. So uh, kind of tell me about how the, the Bills' offense overwhelmed them and, and how, I, I guess, neutralized the, the Titans' defensive line. Well, it started with Stephon Diggs, and, and he was just unguardable. But the Titans were also trying to guard him with undrafted free agent rookie cornerback Trey Avery and uh, a sixth-round pick from a few years ago, Chris Jackson, who ended started the season on the practice squad and was elevated for today's game. Titans were without Christian Fulton. Obviously, Harold Landry tore his ACL. Bud Dupree went out in the first quarter and didn't return, so the Titans could not get pressure on Josh Allen almost at all, and the cornerbacks were left on an island against Stephon Diggs. Caleb Farley gave up a huge catch to Jake Kumaro. The Bills were just attacking all game long. It felt like, you know, a third and 14 turned into a third and nine because of a defensive offsides. Easy pitch and catch right over the middle. There's no resistance from the Titans' defense. It just felt from the very beginning of the game like the Titans were going to struggle to get stops, and forcing the Bills into multiple fourth-and-one situations was like the only time the defense was able to get off the field until the middle of the third quarter. And by that point, the game was was basically over. I mean, it was 24-7, to so it wasn't over, especially with everything we saw on Sunday. It was over, Justin. It's over. This game is over. But then Kyle Phillips muffs a punt, and then it really was over from there. Tannehill comes back on the next possession, throws an interception. On the next possession, throws the pick six. And then it was 41-7 in the third quarter, and the Titans said, here comes Malik Willis. But Stephon Diggs and, and Josh Allen just have a chemistry that's unbelievable. And the Bills right, pe- were— People are like, oh, why are you putting this guy on Stephon Diggs? Why are you doing that? Wait, that's not the plan. I mean, first of all, you only have so many guys. I mean, who's, yeah. who's their number one cornerback right now? It's like Roger McCreary, a rookie, and, who, they're, and they're playing Caleb Farley, who hasn't been healthy. If everyone was healthy on this defense, probably wouldn't be playing more than 25 steps. There is no one special to put on him. Like, they've, yeah. they've got Ke- Kevin Byard, and they, they don't have a roster of a team that was the number one seed a, a year ago. They've got a roster that needs to, Patriot style, figure itself out as they go along, the problem is they're they're zero and two, and and they're in the right division for it. But they're going to have to stack some wins along the way while they're figuring things out. But the Bills are, I mean, 
they were just an unstoppable machine on offense. And the Josh Bills have Allen, beat the Rams. The Rams won the Super Bowl. Yeah. The Titans were the one seed, and they've beaten those two teams by a combined score of seventy-two to seventeen. So a lot of teams are going to feel bad after facing this Bills team, even though they didn't even have like Gabe Davis in this game. And you mentioned the short yardage situations. Like their their traditional running game isn't still cooking, uh, but did at least you let yourself enjoy watching? Uh, Josh Allen just at some point seemed like he was just kind of like showing off because he yeah. basically threw a, a pass at one point. I looked out of the corner of my eye where it appeared like he was doing like a submarine style um, pass from the pocket. Like he was like a, a sidearm submarine pitcher. He didn't even need to do it. He wasn't on the run. He just kind of threw it underhanded from the pocket, like 17 yards down the field. Like I've never seen such a thing. Oh, he, we know he's having fun. I mean, they talked about how last week he was laughing while stiff arming Rams defenders, like literally laughing on the field during the play. The, the Titans bottled up the rushing attack pretty well, too. Devin Singletary, 6 for 19. Zach Moss, 3 for 17. James Cook came in and ripped off a long one when it was long over. Um, Singletary did have a, a big run to start the game, a 16-yard run to start the game. His other five carries went for three yards. So it wasn't right. like they were running it, but Josh Allen is just magical. He's unstoppable at the way he's playing football right now. He, he it's is crazy. He, I, I hate hyperbole. But if if you kind of start with the playoffs last year, or even if you want to go back to the the regular season game where he pitched the perfect game against the Patriots to win the division, I just never seen a quarterback have a five or six game stretch any better. I think there's a certain point of transcendence that you reach that it's stupid to pick who's better. Like there have been other quarterbacks who have had streaks like this. Uh, you might even say many of them, but none have been. None could possibly play the position any better than he's played. Because I, I saw you tweeting about it at one point, Graver, or maybe it was you, you sent me a text. Like, yeah, they forced him to punt three times. Like that's more than uh, anyone's done in the last few games. It's like, yeah. But that's the level that they're at. That if you can force three punts, you're feeling like you get a win. But that's not a win when you're playing against a team that also can turn you over and have an elite defense. Von Miller was unblockable again in this game, and their defensive line absolutely looks like a problem. Greg yep. Russo had a good game. Greg Russo destroyed Aaron Brewer on one play, just knocked him into Tannehill's lap. Here, to, that's, to really... that's the whole thing. It's a combination. Oh, you can stop their running game. Great. Their yeah. defense is going to eat you up, and they're going to throw the ball all over you. To really emphasize how dominant of a game this was, I will read you this stat that I also texted you. The Bills had eight tackles for loss. The Titans scored seven points. They had more tackles for loss than the Titans scored points. That is just, I mean, it was a total beatdown on both sides of the ball from about the time that Stefan Diggs scored that touchdown until the end of the game. And I will say, any concerns about Ken Dorsey taking over as play caller for Brian Dayball should be completely erased. This Bills offense looks amazing, and they're touchdown that they scored on that fourth and one from the four yard line it it was it looked like it was designed to be a little swing pass to the running back and the titans pounced all over it josh allen's rolling out to his left looking to hit the running back in the flat but i think it was all a disguise intended to get the defense moving left which worked perfectly and stefan Diggs leaks back out to the right and was wide open for for the touchdown so i think 
this Bills team is going to be really tough to beat. And right. I also think they're going to they're going to have the best better passing game. Uh, they're gonna have they're gonna beat you up front. No, oh, by the way, most of the time they'll outcoach you because they did just outcoach Sean McVay and they did just outcoach Mike Vrabel. Badly, badly. I mean, the Titans didn't like the Titans didn't make any adjustments to try to take away Stephon Diggs. They just left their young, inexperienced cornerbacks trying to guard him one on one. Which I know you say it's not the plan, but like you can rotate safe. You can try some kind of bracket coverage to stop him from going off for twelve catches for hundred and forty eight yards and three touchdowns. I mean. Jeez. Yeah, shout out to Stefan Diggs. Like their number two receiver <laughs> tonight was Dawson Knox, four for 41. Kumaro was in there. The Bills do have uh, some injury concerns going into next week's game against yeah. the Dolphins. Uh, they lost Dane, Dane Jackson. Jackson. That was a brutal hit by Tremaine Edmonds, just like crushed his head right. and neck area. You know, um, his teammate, I believe it was Poyer, said he got a text back from both Micah Hyde, who also left the game her, and Dane Jackson, saying that they're all right. I mean, I, I don't know what all right means in this context, but uh, at least Dane Jackson uh, is able to be texting, and, and hopefully that's not too serious. They they are missing a lot of players right now. Uh, Tredavious White, Dane Jackson, Micah Hyde, Jordan Phillips got hurt in this game. Ed Oliver missed it. Gabe Davis uh, was out. So Tim that, Settle it, also it, out. It, it, it's a lot, of, a, a lot of good players, but Bills fans aren't worried about that tonight. Bills fans are feeling no pain, and you know, as a longtime Patriots fan, I would say, like, you might as well enjoy these early season romps. Like, yes, you know in your heart Super Bowls aren't won in September, but so what? You're in September. Right. Like, we don't know what's going to happen. Another pandemic might hit us in, like, a month. Let's enjoy this while it's happening. I'm joking. I, I Please <laughs> don't pull please. a Mark Sessler on us. All I'm saying is like, <laughs> this is the world we're living in now. And while every other team is kind of like figuring it out and, uh, oh, we're still in like preseason week two mode. And like, we're going to figure out our lineups. It's like, no, the, the bills are in divisional round of the playoffs last year. Still, they haven't stopped playing. They've actually found a more creative offensive coordinator somehow, maybe. And they're just crushing people. So like it's salad days. Enjoy it. Why not? What it, what's the worst that could happen? Another crushing playoff loss? Wait for that to happen before you worry about it. Let's enjoy yeah. a, a truly dominant I fo- think football team. You mentioned I think this Bills offense has really really evolved to a place that it is so hard to defend and what I mean by that is the Titans last year were when they played this team last year and beat them were able to frustrate Josh Allen by forcing him to take the underneath options taking right. away don't let anything get over the top the cover two shell and they kind of tried that in this game and so did the rams and so did the rams and Allen was content to just hit digs on a nine yard out let him stiff arm mccreary's face to you know wherever oblivion and pick up extra yards and instead of having like a second and seven or a second and eight after like a short dump off completion the bills were able to turn those into second and ones and really stay ahead of the sticks that way and Allen was patient. I mean, he was perfect. He was right. he they, was perfect. They're 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 almost unstoppable when he's making decisions uh, like that. And and look, some defense will figure it out, or something might go wrong at some point. Uh, but for right now, he's at a level that if you love football, it's just hard not to enjoy watching. He's at a level, frankly, that I thought in my heart of hearts maybe Cam Newton. Uh, could get to someday, and that's the player he always reminded me of most because they run so similarly. And like the NFL's changed, offenses changed, but Josh Allen has changed too. And and Cam Newton won an MVP and was unstoppable in that year. But I just think the way NFL offenses have evolved, this Josh Allen offense is at uh, another level even 
uh, than than those Panthers offenses were at. And Josh Allen is doing something similar, but doing it um, even better in, in the way that he runs those arm angles. And, oh, by the way, yeah, he's stiff-arming guys too. So that's it for uh, Bill's Titans. It was 41-7. to I'm going to wrap up with a quick top six list. I'm, I'm going to try to add this, and, and maybe we'll mix things up. And if you're listening this far, let me know if you like it or not. But I, just for a little fun, a little something different, at the end of each one of these Monday Night Football recaps, which are usually only be one team. I'm going to add just my final top six list of something that sparked uh, from the game, or in this case, the games tonight. And and right now, I'm just going to do the top six runners at quarterback in the NFL right now, inspired by Josh Allen and Jalen Hurts, who, uh, spoiler alert, are both on this list. And since this show's gone long, I'm going to make it quick. Number six, because again, I don't like round numbers, Justin. You remember that, right? <laughs> yeah, I do. So it needed to be either four or six, and it's like I can include more good players here if you if you go six. Right. So top- I have a I have a Zumwalt drop coming eventually playing off this idea. Oh, I I, I can't wait to hear it. Uh, number six is Mariota, and I wouldn't have I wouldn't have expected that uh, a few years back. I'm just talking about right now this season what I see explosive power, and they're actually using him. Marcus Mariota is number six. It's a pretty big drop from five to six. Justin Fields is five. Look, we got to get more than eight completions in a game that hasn't happened yet this season through two weeks. Uh, but he is a powerful uh, runner with great speed, and, and, and I think they need to lean into that a little more than they have. Number four is Kyler Murray, who at points in his career I, I've thought had a chance to be maybe the best pure runner in terms of just making people miss that I've ever seen at quarterback. Like, just in terms of making people miss. He's a little more hesitant to run now already than he was a couple years ago. You saw it in his rushing totals a year ago, so he's number four. Number three is Josh Allen. Uh, he, look, he only had to run one time tonight. That's the beauty of Josh Allen. Whenever he wants to run, he could be number one. Like I said, he's Cam Newton. The two most efficient runners, Justin, in the NFL last year at any position, running back or quarterback in terms of creating 10-yard plays per run were Josh Allen and Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts is my number two. When I, We talked about it with Arif. When he puts his foot in the ground and the way he sees the field in front of him, that's why they have him in shotgun. He sees the field like a running back, like he could play the position. And it's gotten undersold because he's not just running guys over. Yeah, he's not Lamar Jackson, but he absolutely sets up defenders with the way he uses his leverage and gets past them. And when he puts his foot in the ground, he goes. Like, to me, he has a chance here to have the greatest season any quarterback has ever had running the football. I and think he, he has power, too. Right, he that's can what power I mean. through guys. He, I really think he has a chance to do something like you know, 1,200, 1,310. No one's ever done that before. I, I think he could do it this year and be like the number one overall fantasy player. But number one still got to be Lamar. I mean, he's the greatest to ever do it. And in case you forgot, on that play where he ran 71 yards uh, against the Dolphins on Sunday, it, that was a play that looked like it should have gone outside, but he put his foot in the ground and he gets through that hole faster than like any running back I can think of. One of the most physically gifted and natural runners, whether quarterback or running back that I have ever seen. So just because of uh, history 
And just because he deserves that respect, he gets number one. But I'm telling you, Hertz is coming up close number two. And if Allen needed to, he could be there right there too. I have always loved running quarterbacks since I was a kid. Randall Cunningham was my favorite. We are living in the golden age of running quarterbacks, and you saw it on Monday Night Football. Indulge me for a second. Malik Willis played the fourth quarter of this game. He only threw four passes, and he only completed one of them. But he did have four carries for 16 yards, and on a couple of them, okay, he looked okay. pretty electric as a runner. We'll see how he Is develops. Is this setting but... up the Zumwalt drop? No. I mean, what? You just <laughs> I had everything wrapped up in a beautiful bow graver. I let it all from the running backs uh, to what we saw tonight, and then you hit me with, oh, Malik Willis went for 16. I have, but to you have know what? one Malik, tiny positive. I, I do got to say uh, Malik Willis will be on this list just based on the preseason. Heck, I just I just put him on the list. Sorry, Mariota. <laughs> based on uh, the preseason, just to pay off you jumping in there, Malik Willis, you are now on the list. Cross out Mariota. That preseason was still against professional players, and it was special. Uh, I loved watching uh, the games tonight, even though if they were one-sided, uh, they were the types of players that I love to watch. Uh, I love all of you for listening in, and uh, I would love it if you check out the Tuesday night or the Tuesday podcast rather with Colleen Wolf. I'll be there too. Uh, we're gonna talk about some cornered animals. Little teaser there. That's it. <laughs> Till then, uh, for Arif Hassan, for Justin Graver, for Kirk Cousins, for Troy Aikman's total disapproval of Kirk Cousins not throwing the ball. I'm Greg Rosenthal. Heed the call. This is Tracy V. Wilson from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a Corolla built just for you. Check out more national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Farm to store in days, not weeks. That's 80 Acres Farms. Did you know most salads travel over 2,000 miles to reach your plate? But not 80 Acres Farms. Their crisp salad greens and herbs are food less traveled. They stay fresher for longer in your fridge. My salad lasts all week long, which means less food waste and easy meal planning. Oh, and did I mention there's zero need to wash these greens? Because 80 Acres Farms uses zero pesticides. Visit 80acresfarms.com to learn more and find their salads and salad kits at your local Harris Teeter. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years. Have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. 